Hi, friends. Thanks for joining us. Smash that subscribe button. Happy New Year. Happy 2024. We're on the move to getting more subscribers. So do us a heavy. Smash that subscribe button below. Benny, where can they find us on social media? Yeah, Happy New Year's. Hope everyone had a great holiday. You can find us, Ray Benny Sports. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Also check us out on Discord and Reddit. And uh, leave us a rating on your favorite podcast provider. Yeah, and when we say we hope you had a good holiday, we hope you didn't spend too many days in the IR hungover like oh, I did. Yeah, what a couple, try- couple days. A couple good meals ruined because I decided to have a couple extra whiskeys and <laughs> sing karaoke. It's tragic. Anyways, we, we got bomber talk, CFL talk, but let's talk. Let's talk. Let's start with Winnipeg. We should, we should record an episode of you singing karaoke, or at least part of the episode. No, we're trying to gain oh, subscribers, right, right, not right. lose them. Right. 2024 new strategy <laughs> let's go with jets talk brought to you by fahrenheit airbrushing stand out on the ice pavement or the field with a custom airbrush helmet or goalie mask a local manitoba business with affordable solutions for any project check out fahrenheit airbrushing on facebook or call them at 204-891-7431 tell them ray and benny sent you we've been away Let's do a couple. Let's do a quick review on the last couple weeks. What stood out for you with the Winnipeg Jets and they're on fire? Just saying. Yeah. So those six games, basically, uh, since we've recorded six or sorry, five zero and one, um, and their one loss coming against Chicago of all teams in overtime. Yeah. Uh, Maybe we and- should be recording. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. They started uh, playing a lot better. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy to think Chicago's the last team. And their last regulation loss was San Jose 10 games ago or whatever it was. Yeah. You know? And uh, lost to Montreal in overtime. Those are the only teams they've lost to, which is crazy to me. When you've played Tampa, you've played Boston, Detroit, and all these teams in the, in the back-to-back with Minnesota, and those are the teams you lost to. But uh, great display by them. Um, I mean, what stood out? The goaltending stood out to me, both guys. Obviously, Halibut's having another career year, uh, putting out some great numbers. But uh, it's good to have a backup like Laurent Boissois who's coming yeah. in and playing these games as well. And he's not letting in more than three goals either uh, on his end. So, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to watch. And I hope they give Brussel more games uh, as we hit down the stretch here, because we want Hellebuck fresh for those playoffs, but it's, it's a nice thing to have this year. Goaltending has been mental. Hellebuck yeah. just got the nod as a defensive uh, star, one of the defensive stars of December defensive stars one of the stars of the month <laughs> in the nhl for december defensive december you know how i got yes. to mix them up he posted a 7-0-2 record with a 9-3-4 save percentage and a 1.88 goals against currently tied in second in the nhl with 17 wins like I, i've told you how i really hate the name vesna buck but he yeah. is in vesna buck form like, yeah. isn't it weird? Like this, this guy has won a Vesna, three-time Vesna finalist, four-time All-Star now. Yep. Yeah, and got another the, one this year, right? Just got yeah. no, uh, nominated today. This is the first time he's gotten a nod for Player of the Month in his career. Are you serious? That is crazy. What? I know. So <laughs> I'm on board with what you said about goaltending. It's good. And like you said, Brassois also is becoming solid. And that's what we were hoping for when they yeah. signed him. Yeah, and it didn't start off well for either of these guys to start the season off when we were kind of both worried. And even for Brassois, it took him a little bit longer to find his game. But yeah. it, it's it's good to have that because, yeah, if, if Brassois can hit 20-plus games, 
uh, and the Jets feel comfortable playing him in more and more games and not just back-to-back stuff. Um, yeah. That'll be great for Hellebuck going into the grind of the playoffs as well, right? So, and barring that, obviously, the Jets make the playoffs, right? So, knock on wood. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, and then, you know, and another thing for me over this course is the up and down scoring. Like the whole lineup is scoring. Uh, Shifley yes. hasn't scored in the last six games. I don't even know if he has very many points in the last six games, if any. But you got guys like Velarde who are filling it in. Ehlers is getting goals. Nemestikov, Nino, right? Like all these guys. Toninato has four points, I think, since yeah. coming into this lineup. And we were like, oh, good thing he's down on the moves, Pat. These guys are all just filling in for each other. Um, and without Kyle Connor, they're still scoring at a, at a great pace. And that's a, you know, like shout out to Rick Bonus. This is a testament to the system that he's brought in. And I'm going to piggyback on what you're saying about scoring in depth. They've also played some great team defense. Like since the Canadian games, it's all been one and two goal games. Yeah. And they've been putting up some four and five goal games. Like, and, and how many in a row games are they now where they've allowed three goals or less? Yeah. It's quite a bit. 20 something. Yeah. Like this goes back to bonus in June saying that they're going to be a team that's going to create offense by having good defense. And that's what they've been doing. They've been locking teams down, like from the neutral zone inside to their zone, creating turnovers. They're on their ass. They're creating pressure. They're being aggressive and they're turning it around and creating opportunities uh, in the offensive zone. Like team defense is crazy. Well, yeah, because we talked about earlier in the season about that and thinking, hey, the Jets to win some games, they're going to have to win a lot of 2-1 games because they're not going to score a lot. So their defense has got to be good. But they've actually been scoring way more than we expected. Uh, And it's very balanced. Like, you know, some teams have guys at 50 points already. I think Shifley is leading the way and he's only in the uh, 30-something point range. Forgot to write it down here. But but there's a lot of guys in that range. You know, like Connor, who's been out for how many games now? Uh, is still in the top five because that's how many points he had gotten too. Um, but yeah, the Jets are eighth in goals four per game. Like that, that is crazy. And that's with a terrible power play. The one thing that still oh, keeps holding one of the two that's things. That's what I had to. <laughs> that still keeps holding this team down. It's like yeah, how good could they be if they could get this power play going? Yeah, they haven't found that formula yet. <laughs> Like, and, and you, we see them trying different things. Like, they took Shifley, it seems, off the wall. They tried to put him in the slot to create more offense. They did get one power play goal in the last game. Was it one? They did. They, they, but it's always, it's been the second line. They've scored the last three power play goals that they've scored. Yes. And, and you think, like, the goals are getting on the power play. The, they are second in the league right now. No, they're tied for first in the league right now for rebound goals, five on five with 17 with Vancouver. You think with that success, they'd say, hey, let's just throw some pucks on the net in the power yeah. play and get those rebounds. But they they seem to be trying to get that perfect shot still. Yeah. And I, I don't get it. It's it's really mind boggling. For everything else, they're executing almost perfectly. Like, like how do you sit eighth in the league at, like in your mini mainly scoring your goals five on five like that that is crazy yeah. to me like to think like it, and you know how to score goals obviously because you're scoring them five on five it's just they overthink it when the power play hits or something and like you say they're not they're passing it back and forth waiting for that perfect shot get that puck on the net hope for yeah. things to happen in there what, what do you got to lose at this point it, what, what you're doing is not working so let's start chucking some pucks at the net and see how that goes but you mentioned like connor but also kapari also, Gustafson, what is this kid team going to look like when those guys return? 
Like yeah. the bottom six has been solid. After that, like what what goal what game was that when the Jets scored like five goals, pretty much all in the first line? Uh, do you, no, it was before this uh, stretch because yeah, Shifley hasn't scored in a while. It was before the yeah. Detroit game, or yeah, before the Detroit game. And they're still putting up four or five goal games. Like yeah. you have Johnson Fiali playing great. You have Barron putting in goals on the fourth line. Uh, like, what do you do when Connor comes back? Yeah. <laughs> Good yeah. problem to have. The biggest issue for me still with this this forward group is maybe having a better second line center. Uh, Nemeskov has done well uh, in his time there, but you want to see maybe someone who can fill in a little bit better than him, but... Yeah, I don't know what you do with uh, with Connor. Obviously, he's going back in the top two lines. I mean, they mixed them up the lines oh, up yes. uh, quite a bit in the last game or so. And I think they're going with a bit of a different first and second line are mixed up a little bit than what they've been for the last little bit. But yeah, Connor's going back up there. Uh, yeah, Kapari and Gustafson, like like you say, Toninato and Fialbi, like to me, have been playing really well, especially for uh, Fialbi. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's filled in a little bit longer, but he's scored a couple goals, a couple speed goals. Like it's just like watching a guy going, wow, he's a good fourth liner. Like you take a chance of having to send him down and losing someone like they lost Essimont last year. No, uh, he's he turned into a good player for Tampa. Like, no, you know, a month ago, I would say, yeah, throw Fialbi away, let him go, man. But now I'm like, you can't lose this guy. They've stated their case. Yeah. They've stated their case. And you said Perf, but is Perfetti trending downwards? And maybe Connor playing with him on the second line might open things up. Uh, like, Nemestikov has not been playing badly. No. And, like, I know people like to bring up the analytics, but from me on the eye test, it seems like Perfetti is trending downwards. Yeah, it'll be interesting because they're putting him with Shifley and IFL. Uh, that, that's the lineup today. They played a bit, I guess, in the last game too. So it'll be interesting to see once he gets that guy back because he's been with the Mestikov IFL. Not not the greatest in terms of skill at this point with those guys, right? Yeah, they'll chip in goals for sure here and there. But Perfetti's got that. He seems like he's got that keen eye to find another playmaker or another scorer kind of thing. So we'll see how he does with Shifley uh, for them probably in the next couple of games, hopefully at least, right? Yeah. So, no one bonus or bonus is not as bad as Maurice where he's going to throw the blunder right away. If these guys don't score in the first period. So Let, let's stay on Perfetti here. Okay. And that clown Hartman mm, putting the stick to his face. Like mm. uh, what are the limitations on using audio in a game? Like uh, I had no idea that part of the arrangement of being mic'd up is you cannot use that to in regards to suspension or disciplinary action and i think that is ridiculous if a person is saying on the record that they are targeting someone as redemption but with violence you have to use that like what if they used a slur you're not going to use that like it didn't happen uh there has to be some review of that and that stick to the face was absolutely a joke yeah uh i agree i mean if you're gonna have these recordings yeah, to a certain extent, you still want the guys to actually talk on the ice. Uh, you still want them to throw those chirps out. But obviously, you want them to keep anything clean anyways. Um, so, yeah, you're not chirping any racial slurs or anything like that just because you have a mic on. You shouldn't be doing that even without the mic. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, admitting, hey, man, I'm going I'm to cross-check you in the face here right here as retribution. It's like, what the f- is going on at, at this point with that kind of stuff? You, you already had Lowry having to fight Felino to start that game. Yeah. Um, Straight you know, off the bat. So it's like, hey, the, the, the shit's over. And it's not like Hartman's been the cleanest guy, man. The guy went after Ehlers last year. He's done a lot of damage to some, some Jets players. He's um, a clown. 
it sucks for the wild that hey Kaprizov got hurt. Dylan's doing what they normally do, cross-checking. It's like happens a million times a game. If you want that out of the game, refs have got to start calling the first one. Absolutely. I, I hate it too. It's not the greatest thing to continue to cross-check someone. It's unfortunate that he ended up getting hurt. But you're okay with uh, with uh, Perfetti getting cross-checked in the face, basically, by like the, the shaft of the freaking stick? Yeah. Like, come on, man. Jamal Myers is okay with that. on oh, You know, shout out to Jen Bottero for calling that goofiness out like that's so old school with this guy like he's from the culture that allowed stuff to happen within the blackhawks organization that's the kind of stupidity that's going on right now with him doubling down on oh yeah that's okay it's part of the culture of the game like shout out to jen bottle for calling his nonsense out you know the only point that he said yesterday that makes sense is how they officiate the playoffs differently like the, he yeah. said, it's something along that, that the playoffs set hockey back six years kind of thing. Like, because th- they let this crap go that they don't let during the regular season. And they let all this cheapness go and all this dirtiness go in the playoffs that they wouldn't in the regular season. And to me, that's where the NHL has got to clean it up because you got to showcase all of a sudden here, the top 16 teams going at it over the next yeah. two months for the cup. Uh, and you're allowing it to, to get the game to get bogged down. That's when more people are going to be watching your game is in the playoffs. People Absolutely. aren't going to watch all 80 games, but hey, they'll, they'll stick around to watch two months of playoffs. But now all see sudden, more offense. Yeah, now all of a sudden the game's boring because you're letting these goon goon teams or these bigger guys just beat the crap out of little guys and the yeah. offense kind of goes away and the skill goes away. So, Absolutely. Because yeah. they allow a little more to happen. There's a little more leeway. Come on, clown <laughs> yeah, show. Exactly. Get it together here. Uh, am I missing anything? Are we going to the upcoming preview? We talked about Perfetti. We talked about the craziness coming up. Yeah. Let's talk about the next games coming up. They have the Coyotes. Well, they have the Sharks coming up first. And then they have the Ducks. And then they have the Coyotes. How do you see that shaking out? What do they have to do to win? Just continue playing the same way. And, And again, we just talked about the teams they just lost to, right? They've lost to Montreal and Chicago in overtime in San Jose in regulation. So now you got three teams coming in. Uh, or three, they're going, you know, on the road here anyways. Uh, But the Sharks are number 32 in the league. Uh, The Ducks Uh, are number 30, right? So you should be able to handle those two teams fairly easily. I know they're West Coast games. Uh, Sometimes they struggle in those, but both those teams are not good. Um, And like we said, the Jets are eighth in goals for. They're also second in goals against per game. You know, and mm-hmm. obviously power play penalty is not very good. You know, their penalty kill is sitting 27th as well. So that's another problem where the Jets are. They're not scoring on their power plays, but they're giving up goals uh, against them. Special the, teams. Yeah. I mean, Ducks 3-6-1 and one in the last 10. The only thing is uh, their goalie last night, was it? Lucas uh, Dolstol. Yep. <laughs> that guy looked amazing against the Leafs, stopping 55 and 57. So, you know, he's been up and down this year. That's obviously his best game of the season and crazy game, but... If he can put up some numbers like that against the Jets, it may be a little bit tougher. Why is it so quiet in Leafs Nation? Isn't quiet. Even yeah. TSN doesn't want to cover them. Ah, TSN is still covering them. A little bit. Yeah. I think they should really go 3-0, <laughs> yeah. but that's usually not the case. The Jets uh, all-time are 16-13, and 13, talking about Jets 2.0 against the Sharks, but uh, they've never lost more than two in a row against the Sharks. So I'm going to go on fate on this. Uh, I think they'll squeak out an overtime winner. Uh, oh, but I think the power play might continue to give them woes. Something about the Sharks. They're always busy, and they always like to play the Jets. I don't know what it is. Uh, Len Carlson is out. Leo Carlson is out 
uh, for the Ducks. Gudis is out for the Ducks. And I think Ryan Strom might be out for the Ducks. And the Jets are currently on like a five or six game winning streak against the Ducks. That dates back to 2021. So I'm going to take the Jets in that one. And the Jets have an eight game winning streak against the Coyotes. But they're on the tail end of this West Coast Pacific road trip. So I think the hockey gods will say, you know what? Let's give this one to the Coyotes. And they're playing surprisingly well. They're playing with a lot of depth as well. And they have that uh, uh, Ingram and Vimalka in as a duo in net. So, and they're doing it without their number one center. So shit. Oops, sorry. So, <laughs> I'll give this one to the Coyotes without Hayton. He's on the IR still. Impressive. Who's on the IR still? Hayton. Oh, okay. Yeah. For the Coyotes. Oh, yeah, I mean center. Damn. They've already beaten the Coyotes twice this year, 5-3 and 5-2. But like you say, it's the end of that road trip, um, you know, against the Ducks. And it's a Sunday, 6 o'clock start, I believe. So a little bit earlier. I guess that'll be about 4 o'clock Pacific time there. But um, yeah, or no, are Coyotes not Pacific? Are they just an hour? They're, uh, are they two hours? What's, we'll call What's Calgary? Calgary's only an hour. So yeah, the same, that's right? that time zone. Right. Keep getting confused when the uh, daylight savings time stuff switches. If they whatever oh, st- yeah. stupidity, we are not based <laughs> on farming anymore. Let's just change that trash. It's not necessary. No. Uh, yeah, but like you said, they have got to get that power play going. They're playing against that teams that do not have strong penalty kills, and it'd be a great opportunity for them to get that going. And I think that'll almost guarantee wins for them all the way through if they can get their power play going. Yeah, we've said this in the past too, right? Like. Um... Hey, they're playing a team that ha- does not have a good power penalty kill. This is a chance to, to turn it up against them. Um, and it doesn't end up working out, but hopefully they can, man, because that's they got to get that going, you know, especially down the stretch. And like we say, um, you know, if they can add that to the the five on five goals they're getting right now, it'll just make things easier for them um, as they chase that playoff spot and maybe, you know, finish first in the uh, Western Conference if they can, right? They're, they're yeah. certainly tied. I, th- I believe they're tied right now. Top so, of the West. Yeah. They're for, tied it. for first in the Central, or yeah, they're still behind Vancouver in the West. I can't remember now. So third in the NHL. Yeah. So shoot. Oh, I don't know. Depending on games that are happening tonight, which I've not watched. Uh so you know, playing with the Sharks, Ducks, Coyotes. Can they beat the bad teams too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hope so. I I, I expect them full. I like I like. I expect them to go three and zero. Yeah, know, barring you know even the last game of the road trip, all that kind of stuff. I still expect them to win that game, uh, but of course anything can happen, right? And we've seen it. We get too cocky in games against bad teams, and all of a sudden uh, they end up blowing the game or can't find a way to score a goal. So we'll yeah. see. Uh, like we said, the last three losses, uh, overtime losses, and that have all been against teams in the last bottom five of the league. So. You got to you gotta figure this out, and you got to be able to find that game even when you're playing a bad team. Because, hey, if you make the playoffs as the number one seed, you're playing in the eighth-place team, right? Yeah. You're better than At them. home. So you have to figure out how to beat them as well. On paper, it's not going to matter, or the standings aren't going to matter once playoffs fit. If the team's worse than you, they can still beat you. So they have to figure out how to play every team the same way. I think we need to bring Dr. Strawn the sports psychologist on and talk about <laughs> what she thinks about why, because it's not a Jets thing and it, yeah. there's, there's no way it's a Winnipeg thing because we saw the Bombers lose to the Red Blacks, the Thai Cats, and they got upset in the Grey Cup against the Alouettes. 
So it, it's it, it can't be a Winnipeg thing. It must oh, be a sports yeah. thing, and I think we have to dissect that because it's crazy. They should be able to beat teams, like bad teams, but I don't know. And the funny thing, I'm just looking at this now, their games after that, once they come back next week, are Blue Jackets and the Blackhawks again. Yeah, see? So there's there's five games right in a row here that they should not have an issue winning these games. Yeah. And obviously, again, anything can happen. The guys may get injured. Guys may get tired. Uh, you know, bad luck happens. But those should legitimately be five straight wins right here for the Jets coming up. Uh, yeah. To add on to the three they just won. And, and if you look at sports... Like it does not happen as often in boxing because these guys are focused on that one game. There's not two, three. Well, every fighter has an upset. You know what I'm saying? He was not focused. That's that's what I'm getting at. He was, and that does not happen very. Oh, he was getting messed up in Tokyo. (laughs) Shoot, and that does not happen because they have the one off, right? Mm -hmm. They're focused on that one, or they should be. But hockey, you have multiples after, so your focus. You know, hey, oh, we got to watch out for Dallas coming up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Forget San Jose. And that's what happens. Who knows? Oh, yeah. Big time. For sure. Looking looking ahead and not paying attention to what's right in front of you. Yeah. Letting Dustin Crumb look good. Oh, my God. Ottawa, Hamilton. (laughs) Losing Edmonton at first till they came back. Before we get to the Bombers, (laughs) let's finish off the Winnipeg Jets. Are the Jets a legitimate Stanley Cup contender at this point? I'm going to have to say yes. They've beaten some very good teams lately. They've done it in different ways. Uh, sometimes it's pretty when you get five goals from the first line, like we mentioned before. But sometimes it's a grind-out game, like against Minnesota when they won 3-2 later on. Was it Tony Nato who got that winner? Yep. Shoot. And, of course, they have world-class elite goaltending in Hellebuck. So whenever you have that, you're automatically a contender. But I think with the depth that they have and the ways that they won, they are a legitimate contender. Yeah, like you say, the game against Detroit and Boston, they dominated those games. They've won those games handily, right? Then you lose to Chicago, but whatever. Um, See, you the... even you got that mentality. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. I, can't, I, can't, I can't say any more about that game. It sucked. They, they all played Chicago. They just couldn't find a goal, really. Mm-hmm. And but and then Bedard wins it in overtime. Um, against Wild, it was grind out games, right? And they yeah. they they did it. They won against Tampa. They kind of got outplayed, and Tampa had a lot of great chances. Hellebuck kept them in the game. And the Jets finished when they can. So yeah, all those games were won differently over this stretch. So um, are the contenders? I, I hate to get ahead of myself because we saw last year it kind of swooned um, and they fell off. But to me, uh, it's a different team this year compared to last year. I think last year was more Hellebuck uh, keeping them in games and winning winning them. And yes, he's playing great again. But the team around him is also putting up a lot of goals and games here and there. So, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say they're they're legitimate uh, Stanley Cup contenders until otherwise stated, right? Uh, yeah. They've been playing well. They've beaten some good teams. They haven't lost a game to a team in the East uh, besides Montreal twice in overtime. Uh, so they haven't lost in regulation to a team in the East. Right? Yeah. I think they're 7-0-3 or something. Or now 8-0-3 after whatever it is. But, yeah, they, they, they got a shot at this thing. And if they can keep it going and uh, injuries stay away. And it's, um, ah, well, I don't want to jump ahead of myself. No, nope. <laughs> we're done with Winnipeg Jets talk. We're very excited, obviously. Uh, let's move on to some Winnipeg Jets talk year in review 2023. Let's uh, you, talk about sorry, you mean Winnipeg Blue Bomber talk, not Winnipeg Jets Winnipeg talk. Blue Bomber talk. <laughs> Favorite play of 2023. I'm gonna go first, uh-huh. uh, and I'm not even gonna go with the starting quarterback on this play. I'm gonna go with Drew Brown, fourth quarter. 1351 left. 
The Bombers have the ball on the Edmonton 32-yard line. Drew Ball gets a ball off on the snap. Play action to Brady Oliveira. It pauses the defensive end. He's looking at Oliveira. Gives Drew Brown a couple extra seconds to break out and roll out to the right. And he throws a 45-yard to 50-yard throw into the end zone to Kenny Lawler with a one-handed catch for the touchdown where the Bombers took the first lead of the game, 31-29 after being down 22 to nothing. And they ended up winning the game 28 or 38, 29. Uh, mm-hmm. That ve- that performance right there very well might have punched Drew Brown's ticket out of Winnipeg. But that is my favorite play of the year for 2023. Shoot. Yeah, there was there was a lot trying to look back in that, like a lot of great Oliveira runs, obviously, you know, Carl's TDs. Um, I'm going the most recent and I'm going in the uh, West final. Um, and the score was 18-13. Fourth quarter was just starting. BC were starting to drive. Um, and Demario Houston came up with probably the biggest interception of the season uh, yes. for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Stopping that drive, it led to a bomber field goal um, where they took the eight-point lead, right? Um, so, yeah, that was a big play because BC was getting some momentum uh, and starting to make a move, and uh, he snuffed it out. This smile on my face is half remembering being there and seeing that half happy that you picked a defensive play. That's great. <laughs> oh, we, we got an offensive and defensive play on the review. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> after biggest play, let's talk about biggest frustration as a bomber friend from the 2023 season. You go first. I mean, obviously not winning the great cup is the biggest frustration with the team they had in the season they had and who were they're, they're playing in, in the final. Um, they should have been able to win that. I mean, we all know that's the frustration of it all. But for me, I'm going to go just the inconsistent offense uh, and Zach Kolaros' penchant for turnovers this season kind of thing. The offense at times got it going, but for the most part, they were kind of just struggling and turning their wheels quite a bit. And Kolaros was looking for plays uh, that weren't there sometimes. And he even did it in the Great Cup kind of thing um, and not taking what was there, uh, you know, and just untimely turnovers, uh, which kind of hurt them in this season. Man, you talk about Grey Cup and Zach Caleros. I just noticed myself physically feeling ill (laughs) about what happened. I can help myself. Um, You look back at some of these plays and then it's like the Grey Cup always pops up there, right? And then I'm reading it again, going that third and eight or second and 18 play. You know, and it's just like, oh my God, (laughs) the the interceptions, you know, close in the red zone. It's like, oh, missed opportunities. Yeah. I'm going to piggyback off that frustration of the offense and what I thought could have definitely helped to get some consistency in the offense. You've heard me say this a, a boatload of times throughout the year. My obsession with the offense is playing the heavy set. It really frustrated me that they did not use that as a staple of their offense. Like they have a great offensive line, an elite offensive line, and you add one more offensive lineman who is also good and you pound the garbage out of the other defensive line. You can also play pass formation where they have three on the overload. How do you defend that? You have three receivers on one side. You cannot bring extra guys over because you still have to respect the run with Brady Oliveira on the heavy set and you don't use that enough. It boggles my mind. That was the biggest, biggest frustration for me as a Barber fan is not abusing teams with the heavy set. Well, yeah, we saw them do that against BC in that game. They absolutely blew them out. 
Um, yeah, you expect them to use it a little bit more because they have the guys. They have a big bruising back. Pound that D-line. Yeah. They could have done that, especially in the Great Cup, to that Montreal D-line. Um, Thank you. Get them to kind of hesitate a little bit before they took off after Cloros or, or Oliveira, right? So Yeah. I think also Montreal, props to them, came out physical. Yeah. And they're like, dang, you know, they're going to match us up, so let's try and air it out. Let's try to spread it out. But they should have committed to pounding the garbage out of them. Yeah. You know, yeah. depend on your defense to not let them score at the beginning, which they did. And look, we're talking about Grey Cup and it's done already. <laughs> Nothing See, you can do. Nothing we can do to change it's it. It's 2024, friends. Let's flip the page. Uh, let's talk about uh, what one thing are you most optimistic? Uh, I don't I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, bro. <laughs> yeah. It's going to hurt too much. I'm going to start yelling. The neighbors are going to get pissed and the dogs are going to act up. What are what what is one thing that you're optimistic about going into the 2024 season? Um, just because they're, they're trending to have everyone, uh, not everyone, but the majority of guys and coaches come back. Uh, you got Kyle Walters coming back. You got your coaching staff is intact. I know minus the special teams coach uh, who just got less, let go, Paul Boudreaux. Um, yeah. But Buck Pierce is back again. He's, I feel he's just going to grow in that position a little bit more. Um, and he's going to realize things that, hey, I missed out on this last year. Um, so they got that great coaching staff. Their GM is back, Kyle Walters, and guys are already starting to sign back, right? You've got Willie Jefferson, Pat Newfeld, uh, Brian Cole, who you love, uh, Dietrich Nichols, Cam Lawson, and, and Cram D. Redra, uh, uh, just to start. So yeah. to me, I'm optimistic just looking at all this stuff that's going on. I feel like the Bombers are ready to get going uh, on 2024 already, um, and I think it'll work out well for them. Yeah, like all the signings have, have excited me, Like, yeah. but I'm a fan of Cram D being that Canadian talent, taking up the next step. And of course, Brian Cole. Oh, when I woke up, I saw that. Oh, I yelled. Any which way. Um, And what's optimistic for me is that last season, a lot of doubters were saying that this team is going to fall off. Like after Labor Day, they're going to show their age. They're going to tire up some. And they didn't. The Grey Cup, I was not concerned about their uh, ability to go toe to toe with Montreal. They did not seem tired. It seemed more strategic mistakes yeah. than personnel mistakes. You know, there's going to be some personnel changes. And I think there's going to be not an influx, but a good addition of young talent. Like when you commit to Brian Cole, thank goodness you're committing to having a very fast and playmaking defense. Like Brian Cole behind Willie Jefferson? <laughs> Are you kidding me? So I'm very optimistic about this team uh i'm not concerned about the age at all yeah well i mean we'll, we'll know in a month right because free agency starts in just over a month uh yeah. who's coming back who's gone um and who's going to retire probably at that point but yeah brian cole signing it it's like hey well who's who's not coming back on that linebacker and core right so now that's you know is malik clemens gone um you know and stuff like that we know big hill's back Kyrie Wilson, is he going to be back? So throw or some elsewhere. questions there. Secondary. Yeah, Goche. Yeah, go younger. Stuff like that. Yeah, is you Brandon got Alexander available. Yeah, he's a free agent, right? What do you do with that? Yeah. He's Dietrich Nichols huge... is obviously back. Yes, so. thank goodness. I think that was a great signing. But Brendan Alexander, it's like, do you commit to one more year to see what's up? He's been great for the community. Obviously, he's committed to us. Like, oh, my goodness. Dollars got to make sense, right? Speaking of dollars, <laughs> making a sense. You have 
confidence in the Bombers signing shown in Oliveira? No. No. Unfortunately, I don't think they're going to be able to get both. I know they probably want them both back and, and would love to, but I don't think it's going to end up working out. To me, I look at it going, okay, you're either going with Dalton Schoen or Kenny Lawler at the wide receiver position because you can't pay both those guys you know, over $200,000 each and then throw Oliveira, who's probably getting at least 150 to 200. Uh, he may break that running back uh, bank account, uh, you know, that they've been been paid. So I'd love for both to be back. I know the Bombers would probably do that as well, but I think it's going to be, if Oliveira is coming back, it's Oliveira, right? Yep. I think he's, he's first. And then if Oliveira somehow gets an NFL job and you, you can go a little bit cheaper at running back, then there's a good chance that Sean's coming back. Uh, but yeah, together, I don't think so. I don't think it was going NFL. He hasn't had a sniff yet for a workout, even. No, yeah, it doesn't seem that's, like it. There's guys that have been getting it right, and Oliver hasn't. So that's a tough one. Um, I think they both will sign. I think the Bombers have to make some decisions on veterans that they have. There are some veterans that are either going to have to take less or going to have to go elsewhere because they must have those two players on offense, I believe, to be a contender. Oliveira is the best running back in the league and he has his passport and Shone has the best chemistry with Caleros. They had Lawler, who is one of the best receivers in the league, still with Dembski, still with O'Leary Orange, uh, still a very competent receiver, still a good receiving core, and they could not get the air game going with Lawler, who's, like I said, one of the best receivers in the league. There's something about Caleros and Shone that clicks. And it opens up the rest of the offense. And I think you're going to have to make the sacrifices. And I think they will make the sacrifices and have those tough conversations. It's like, yo, we love you. We know you deserve this much, but we can only offer you this much. And they'll have to make decisions. Does Clara also have to give some money back? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure he would do it, at least some of it, to to get his boy back. Like you say, sometimes he zeroes in on Dalton Joan. Um, Yeah. And you know what? He's his security blanket. As soon as he starts rolling out to the right, you know, the pass is most likely going to Dalton Sean at that point. So yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be tough. I think O-lines where the toughest decisions will have to be made. Like Hardrick just came off a nominee for offensive lineman of the year, but I don't know. Jeff Gray has a little experience at tackle. Do you, risk putting him at not risk sorry do you try putting him at right tackle save the money and put it to your prime players and then put maybe two inside in the middle and give him a shot there's uh i am not kyle waters so thank goodness it also it also depends on liam dobson if he's ready to take that guard spot yes. as well because then you could kick out gray to the tackle spot but i, I it's, think it's it's tough though because if these guys want to come back like especially Hardrick and Stanley, because most of those guys are probably just coming back to play for the Bombers, right? Like they're not they're not coming back to go play somewhere else at this point, especially Bryant at his age. So it'd be tough to push them out the door. But yeah, you'll they'll have that conversation saying, "Hey, we're gonna go this way," and then he may go, "Okay, I'm gonna retire then if that's the case." Um, but yeah, I mean the Bombers got to, at the end of the day, the Bombers got to do what is best for them and yeah. for the team ahead. I mean they made that decision with Andrew Harris. It, I'm sure it was a tough decision at that time, 
Um, and it ended up working out because look what happened to Oliveira. Worked out for Harris too because he won one more Grey Cup. So <laughs> not so much for the gra- for the <laughs> Bombers, Bombers Grey Cup aspirations. Yes. Oh, the CFL drama filled. I can't, is it June yet? Come on, let's go. Well, I'm excited. Good day in a month. Free agency at least. We ne- over the next month we're going to figure out what's going on. Right, we're going to yeah. figure out. They're going to make signings. They're going other guys going to move on and all that stuff. So. CFL and TSN, y'all got a packages free agency coming up. Hardcore. There's so much movement that's going to happen. Take advantage of it online, whatever you can. Oh my goodness. Benny? Yeah, join, join us on Reddit or Discord. Let's have a conversation where everyone thinks, you know, these free agents should go or where they're going to go. Oh, so. I got stuff to say. Yeah. <laughs> Believe me, I got stuff to say. There's a lot of free agents this year, man. So, Speaking of stuff to say, Benny? Do you have anything to say to our friends in 2024? Uh, you know what? Again, thanks a lot for listening. Thanks for helping us grow. I uh, hope everyone has a great year and uh, have a good week. Have you seen this interview with Cat Williams? I started on... watching some of it. <laughs> He's not holding back on those kangs of comedy. Uh, and from the famous words of Cat Williams in that special, don't say I wasn't afraid. There's no such thing as a human being not being afraid. There are certain human beings that understand that being afraid in no way stops you from doing what you got to do. Shit. That's a vibe I've been taking into 2024. Friends, Happy New Year from Ray and Benny. Hey, friends and neighbors, don't forget to check us out online on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at Ray Benny Sports. And don't forget to check out our YouTube channel. Leave a like, leave a comment, tell us what you think.